0: Alright, so good to see you back in the Lord's house this afternoon, this evening, and uh, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and go to John chapter number 1. John chapter number 1, I want to preach on the Lamb of God, and as I've preached out of this passage before, and the and, uh, Lord really just impressed on my heart this uh, passage, and uh, I don't know that I've preached, I'm sure I haven't preached this message before. Sometimes you uh, you get different thoughts about the same passage, and it's kind of Really amazing, and that's what's so amazing about the Word of God. It is a living book. Uh, it's not a dead book. Uh, it's a book that just continues to speak to you. So John chapter number one, and um, I want to look at the Lamb of God. as John was there in, in John chapter one, he was baptizing in the wilderness. And uh, he was baptizing people who recognized that they needed something different in their life. Now, I want you to understand this, and we covered this oh, probably a couple months ago, but baptism did not save them, okay? We understand that. And today, baptism does not save us. Baptism is not, uh, is not a part of our salvation. It is a step of obedience after salvation, just simply saying, hey, I am a Christian and I am following the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, And so it's identification with the Lord. Uh, But anyway, John was baptizing there in the wilderness and John the Baptist was the forerunner of Jesus Christ. And uh, this was announced plenty in advance. You've got John chapter 1 there. Go put your finger there and save that and go back with me to Luke chapter number 1. John chapter 1, you should you can have your finger there, put a little bookmark, and we'll be right there in a second. But I do want to go back to this passage in Luke chapter number 1 that shows us that John the Baptist was the forerunner of Jesus Christ. In Luke chapter number 1, in verse number 14, Zacharias is having a, a vision that, that God is speaking to him. Well, we'll just pick it up there in verse number 13. Luke chapter 1 and verse 13, But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. And For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. And he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. Uh, What a great verse here and uh, passage, rather, that John the Baptist, uh, it was being revealed to Zacharias even before he was born, hey, that Elizabeth would have a child and that John the Baptist would be the forerunner of the Lord Jesus Christ and would turn people to the Lord. That's what this passage is saying. And so uh, go back with me to John chapter number 1. You had your finger there, John chapter number one. And verse number 24, we find John the Baptist doing just that. And he says there in John uh, chapter number one, let's go to verse 23 there. He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Isaiah. And they which were sent were of the Pharisees. And they asked him and said unto him, Why baptizest thou then, if thou be not the Christ, nor Elias, neither that prophet? John answered them, saying, I baptize with water, but there standeth one among you, whom ye know not. He it is who coming after me is preferred before me, whose shoes latch it I am not worthy to unloose. Those things were done in Bethabara, beyond Jordan, where John was baptizing. The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him, and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me cometh a man, which is preferred before me, for he was before me. Boy, there's a lot of truth right there in that verse. And the fact that Jesus was before him, even though John was born before Jesus, he was stating, hey, this is the Messiah. Uh, and he makes it very clear, he was before me. And uh, before we get into the message, let's stop and let's pray this evening. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you for your word. God, so full of truth, so full of of information, and God, how you speak to us day in and day out through your Word. And God, if we take time uh, to read your Word, if we'd take time just to uh, spend in your Word, God, you want to commune with us, you want to speak with us, and God, you'll certainly do that. We thank you for your faithfulness to commune with us, to meet with us, to, uh, to help us, to strengthen us. And God, I pray that you'd use me this evening, I pray, Father, that you'd speak through me And God, I pray that you would bless each and every person that's here. And Father, we'll be careful to give you the honor and glory for all that's said and done. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. As we look at this passage, I want to focus, we're going to focus on uh, really one verse here. Verse number 29, all the rest was to, to pull in all the context. But look with me there at verse number 29. The Bible says, the next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. And I've looked at this phrase before, and I know for a fact I've preached on this phrase before. I don't know if it was here or elsewhere. Uh, But as I look at this phrase, there are some things that we can see out of that phrase. That word behold uh, is like a a word that stands out for an introduction. He's saying, hey, behold the Lamb of God. And he wanted to introduce, and that was John's job, Boy, that was difficult. John's job. Uh, That was John's job or his responsibility. That's what God set him up to do and had called him to do, to be the forerunner of Jesus Christ, to proclaim and make straight the way and proclaim the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so he starts out his phrase when he first sees Jesus, Behold the Lamb of God. And it is a form of introduction. And who was he introducing? Uh, Listen, he was introducing uh, the spotless lamb. The introduction was the fact that, hey, he was a spotless lamb. I love the fact, and I've always loved the fact, that John says, the lamb of God. Hey, he was a spotless lamb. You know, the Bible says in 1 Peter 1.18, uh, he says this, For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversations received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. As Jesus was coming there, uh, it was a revelation to all of man. And He's saying, hey, behold the spotless Lamb of God that would come into this world. And He was giving an introduction of who Jesus was. And He let them know, hey, this is not like any other ordinary man. Hey, this is the sacrifice that's come into the world. You know, in the Old Testament when they were to select the lamb from their flocks to offer a sacrifice, if, because God knows how man is. God knows how I am. God knows how you are. If you had a herd of a hundred flock, or if you had a herd of, uh, of, of I don't know if herd is the right word for a flock, but I think it's a flock of sheep. Uh, if you had a flock of a hundred, or if you had a flock of 50, or, or whatever your flock size is, and you had to offer a sacrifice, God knows how we are. This leg, man. He was born. This lamb. He was born defective with three legs. Let's offer him for the sacrifice. I mean, he's not gonna. He's not gonna be very good. He's not gonna grow big. This. This little guy. He's a runt, man. He is not gonna grow up. He's not gonna be of much value. Let's take him. He's the sacrifice. No, God said, He had specified in His Word, hey, the lamb that you pull out of your flock is to be a lamb that is without spot, that has no blemish, that is perfect and whole, and not a diseased and not a sickly lamb, but rather a lamb that is complete and perfect, one of the best of your herds that you are to pull out and to take to the sacrifice. Hey, listen, Jesus Christ is the best Of all of humanity. And Jesus was 100% human and 100% God at the same time. And so he is the absolute spotless Lamb of God in that he had no sin defect in his life. He wasn't born with a sin nature. He wasn't born with uh, sin in his life. He was the perfect uh, Lamb without spot or without blemish. The Bible reaffirms that in the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews is a wonderful book. Uh, the book of Hebrews really correlates a lot of the Old Testament sacrifices to, to modern day so we can apply it to the Lord Jesus Christ. And it says in Hebrews 4.15, he says, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with, our, with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Boy, what a wonderful thing. I'm glad that Jesus was the spotless Lamb of God. Hey, He lived an entire life that was completely sinless. He lived without sin. He was tempted. Sometimes we have a hard time wrapping our head around that. Sometimes we have a hard time understanding that. But Jesus was the absolute spotless lamb. And John is introducing Him as the Lamb of God, the spotless lamb. Hey, He wasn't just a spotless lamb. But I want you to notice also that He was the sacrificial lamb of God. What does that mean? He was the one that would come to be the sacrifice for our sins. You know the Old Testament, and I'm glad we don't live in the Old Testament, and I'm glad that we don't have to continue those practices, uh, and, and I'm glad that we don't have to go out to a flock and, and bring a, a sheep in and, and do a sacrifice. I mean, I don't, I don't mind killing an animal. I don't mind eating an animal, but, uh, but man, one out of my own flock, I, I just would have a hard time with that. I go out in the woods and shoot one all day long, no problem. But, but man, something that I've raised and something that uh, I've brought up would be a little bit difficult. But yet it's what God required. Something that was a sacrifice. Something that you cared about. Something that you loved. And something that you had spent time with and you had invested in. And He said, hey, that was, you had to go from your lamb and you had to select one of them. And it was to be a lamb that you would sacrifice. In other words, hey, you would give that thing up after you've spent time raising it. You would take it to that priest and he would slit the throat and take the blood uh, and he would do that because it was a sacrifice They'd take that blood and put it on the altar and it was representative of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so when John sees uh, Jesus there in the wilderness, he says this Behold the Lamb of God. He was a spotless Lamb, He was a sacrificial Lamb. The Bible says in, in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse number 12 Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by His own blood, He entered once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. You know why we don't go get a lamb? We don't offer sacrifices? Because our sacrifice was done on the cross of Calvary. He's introducing, behold, the Lamb of God. He was a spotless lamb. He was a sacrificial lamb. He was a lamb that would come and and give of Himself. And what a great sacrifice. That He would say, hey, I will lay down my life and take your sins upon Myself. So that you could go free. Man, what a great lamb. He was a spotless lamb. He was a sacrificial lamb. I want you to notice, listen, he was a superior lamb. He was far better than any lamb they ever chose out of all those flocks. Oh, they would take the best one, yes, Oh, they would make sure that it did not have blemishes. They would make sure that it was a lamb without spot and without, uh, without sickness and without anything. But listen, uh, Jesus Christ was a superior lamb than any of those lambs. The Bible tells us that, hey, uh, that was a, that was a, a time that, that was a, our sins were atoned for, but Jesus Christ uh, offered His blood once for eternal redemption. Hey, praise the Lord. For a superior lamb of God. John the Baptist was introducing the lamb of God, and he gives us the spotless lamb, he gives us the sacrificial lamb, he gives us the superior lamb. Not only was it an introduction, as he says, Behold the lamb of God, but I want you to notice as well, it is an invitation that John says, Hey, behold. The Lamb. I want you to meet and I want to introduce to you the Lamb of God, and you are invited to come and see the very Lamb of God. I've often said this man, you know, sometimes people get all excited about meeting somebody. There's nothing wrong with that. If if you liked sports and uh, and you liked football and and uh, and I'm only picking football because I just happen to know a famous name or two of football. If I were to pick baseball, I might be in trouble. Or basketball, I might be in trouble. I maybe I'll pull a name or two. But if you you were to bring um, if you were to bring uh, a famous quarterback in here, oh man, I'm telling you. And you were next Sunday. Hey, Tom Brady will be here. We're in Ohio, I don't know, maybe that might not go over well. But you pick any, any famous, man, people would be like, dude, I'm going to see him. Are you kidding me? I'm going to take my paper and I'm going to bring a pen and I want to get that guy's autograph. I want to know who that, I, I want to see that guy in person. I want to see what he's saying. Uh, if I was to bring a, a basketball, and there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. I, I don't think that's a, a bad thing or a wrong thing uh, to see some of those guys and, and look up to them. But listen, hey, the Lamb of God is far superior than any sports player that we could be. You can think of the greatest name throughout all of history. And say, man, I'd like to meet that guy. And sometimes we read about historical people. I mean, man, I tell you what, I would like to meet Washington, uh, George Washington. I'd like to meet Abraham Lincoln. I would like to meet some of those guys from the past. I mean, I think it would be phenomenal. Could you imagine if we could just bring them in and, and, uh, and, and we could see them and say, wow, that guy's something, you know, and, and be able to meet that person. I did meet one time a, a distant relative. I think it was uh, of Abraham Lincoln or George. I think it was Abraham Lincoln. And, and he dressed the part and he, and he played the part like he was Abraham uh, Lincoln. And he did actually trace his, his uh, line all the way back to Abraham Lincoln. It was quite fascinating, honestly. Uh, but people would line up for that. But John the Baptist is introducing to us uh, the, the Lamb of God. And he's inviting us to come to the Lamb. And he's saying, hey, behold the Lamb. He's inviting us to come and, and let our eyes see the very Lamb of God. It's an invitation as well as an introduction. Hey listen, and I know on a Sunday night probably the majority of us are here are saved uh, and we would know this that the Bible says for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But it's an invitation. He's saying hey come, come see the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. He was inviting everybody. He was crying out in the wilderness to all people, saying, hey, you, you are welcome to come and see the Lamb of God. Hey, listen, we ought to be inviting people to see the Lamb of God. Hey, we ought to continue to tell them, hey, the Lamb of God loves you and He cares about you. We see not only an introduction, behold the Lamb of God. We see not only an invitation, behold the Lamb of God. But I want you to notice this next phrase here. He says in verse number 29, behold the Lamb of God. And then he says this, which taketh away the sin of the world. What a phenomenal phrase. I want you to not only see the introduction and the invitation, but I want you to see the influence of the Lamb of God in this world. Sometimes it's incomprehensible to me to be honest with you. The Bible says He taketh away the sin of the world. You look at that and, and what a wonderful phrase. And, and listen, I know in my life, Hey, listen, when I got saved, yes, I was a young guy, and, and, and yes, I didn't, uh, I, I didn't have a lot of time to get wrapped up in, in sin, per se. I had enough to condemn me to hell, yes, because, listen, I had lied. You know, I had done things that were wrong, no doubt. Uh, but, but listen, some people, uh, they, they have more time that they have been lost in this world. And listen, the fact of the matter is, whenever you came to a saving knowledge of God, hey, your sins were washed away. Man, there's a, there's a burden-lifting thought there. We sing that song, burdens are lifted at Calvary. Hey, listen, I've heard lots of testimony. I heard one, um, I think it was this week. Matter of fact, the preacher who preached this week, he said he got saved at 25 years old. And uh, and he had grown up in bars. He didn't know any different. And he got saved at 25. And he said, man, that day he got saved, he's like, man, I, I felt light as a feather. He said, I walked out of there and I just knew, hey, my life had been changed. All that stuff had been washed away and and man, I didn't bear the guilt of that stuff any longer. And I'm just saying that the Bible says here that the, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world and our past sins are washed away when we're saved. The Bible says in Psalm 103 verse 12, as far as the east is from the west, so hath he removed our transgressions from us. Boy, I'm glad to know that everything in the past, hey, it's under the blood. It's gone. Hallelujah. We don't have to worry about their songs that are written, lots of songs uh, uh, that that go on and on about us being free and how the, the devil likes to bring them up. And we just remind them, hey, it's under the blood. Praise the Lord. We're free. Our sins have been washed away. What a glorious feeling for those who get saved and those who know the Lord. But as I read that phrase, it's not just our past sins. That is certainly a part. The day you get saved, hey, your sins are gone. But I want you to notice this. The Bible says, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. I kind of got the idea that that word taketh means, hey, he continues to take away. It's not a. Uh, it's it's something that he will continue to do in your life. One of the things when dealing with some of those campers this week, uh, one of them had gotten saved and uh, early and and uh, early on in the week and. Later, he got, the next night, I mean, he, he raised his hand for salvation. Somebody else took him back and talked to him. And, and, uh, and then a, a few nights later, he raised his hand again. And, and I went back and I sat down and I talked with him. And, and I asked him, I said, did you ask the Lord to save you this week? He said, yes, I did. And I said, let me just run you through some verses. And so I ran him through the plan of salvation. And I said, I said you, did you do that? He said, yes, I did that. I said, well, then according to the Word of God, you're saved. I said, what I think you're dealing with is because you continue to fall even after you're saved and you're struggling with the guilt in your mind and the Holy Spirit is convicting your heart and telling you, hey, you ought not to do that anymore and you feel guilty. And and he said, yes, I do. Every night when I go to bed, I feel bad because I know that I've done wrong. I said, you know what? God will continue to help you to get that stuff right. Once you've gotten saved, you are saved, but He'll help you to wash that stuff out of your life. And listen, when Jesus Christ saved our soul, it was not just a one-time deal that everything in the past was all under the blood, but rather that every single day that you go through your life, He will continue to help you. And I love this verse. The Bible says this in, in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just for Forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Hey, and we can just keep going and saying, Lord, man, I did mess up. Lord, I I am uh, in error. God help me to strengthen me, forgive me, and we can maintain a clean and a right relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ because He continues to help us. And the Bible says in Proverbs 24, 16, for a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again, but the wicked shall fall into mischief. Hey, listen, that's security. Hey, that we don't want, I don't want to sin. Paul, the Apostle Paul said uh, those things that I would not do, those things I do, and those things that I would do, those things I do not, and he's saying, listen, he struggled with the flesh, and, and we have this flesh, and as long as we are in this earth, and as long as we are in this body, we will struggle with our flesh. But praise the Lord that, listen, our sins were not just taken away at the moment of salvation, but that he continues to keep up with us, and he will help us to cleanse our lives and I'm thankful for a lamb where there was no Old Testament sacrifice like that there was none they would have to go back and go get another lamb and offer another sacrifice they'd have to go back and get another lamb and offer another sacrifice and time and time and time again they would go and offer sacrifice after sacrifice and praise the Lord we don't have to do that because the lamb of God taketh away the sin of the world. Praise the Lord for the fact that He takes away our past sin. He helps us in our present life to, to continue to, uh, to do right. Hey, listen, not only that, but He gives us a path forward. Taketh away the sins of our life. Listen, we need His strength to continue to live right. Are those kids... Well, I was part of the switchback program. And the switchback program, if you're not aware, are, are some pretty rough kids. And some of them, maybe they go to camp versus going to juvenile detention. And, and some of them, they, they don't have a home life. And, and some of the kids, they just uh, they're, they're rough kids. I was trying to encourage them, and and I told them that listen, you guys have gotten saved this week, and and uh, and you're going to go back to your uh, back to your homes, and you're going to go back to where you live, and at the end of your program and another uh, week after this, and 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 listen, you're going to be thrown into the same things, and I'm not going to be there to tell you to stop cussing. I'm not going to be there to tell you that that's an inappropriate topic to talk about. I'm not going to be there to remind you. But I tell you what, if you've trusted. the the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, the Holy Spirit of God is going to go with you, and He's going to be in your life, and He's going to tell you, hey, you ought not say those things, you ought not think those things, you ought not talk about those topics. Those are actions that you should not do. And praise the Lord that the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world, or the sin of the world, will continue to help us in our life day by day if we're sensitive to Him. I'm glad, I'm grateful. It's not just a one thing in the past. No, it's a relationship that we continue with the Lamb of God, that He goes with us and He will help us. And He gives us a path forward to, to, uh, to have less sin in our life. I wrote this down. I've heard it said before. Hey, listen, uh, we will not be sinless, but we ought to sin less. Amen? we're flesh and blood. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to have heirs. The Apostle Paul did. But but listen, we ought not use that as an excuse to abandon all cause and and not even bother to try. No, listen, uh, we'll not be sinless, but we ought to sin less. The Bible says in First Corinthians chapter 10, and verse number 13, there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted. Above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. Hey, listen. He's going to help us. He's going to strengthen us. When temptation comes our way, He's going to enable us. Uh, He's going to strengthen us. And you just say, God, I don't want to do that. Help me to live right. Help me to stay clean. You know what? Every time in the temptation of Jesus Christ... Jesus Christ simply said, it is written. Hey, we just got to ask Him. Say, God, help me. And He will help you because behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. It's not just forgiveness. But He will help us to live right so that we sin less in our life. There ought to be a change. There ought to be a difference in our life. We ought to be able to uh, get some victory over some of those things in our life. We ought to have a change in our life. We ought not continue living in the sin uh, the way that the, the world does. God makes a difference in our life. He taketh away the sin of the world. And I'm glad that He does. He'll make our life better. And listen, I, I don't want to be all wrapped up in that sin and wickedness. I don't, I'm glad that I got saved. I'm glad that I trusted the Lord. I'm glad that, hey, I can, I can walk away from that stuff. And God helps us to continue to live right and to do right. Behold the Lamb of God. We see His introduction. We see His invitation. And we see the influence of the Lamb in our life. I hope that the Lamb of God influences your life. I hope that He strengthens you. I hope that He helps you. I hope that you let Him help you live a life. If we just depend upon Him, that's part of the problem. We depend on our own strength. We think, well, I can do this. No, we've got to recognize we can't. It's Him. He's the one that taketh away the sin. Not me. It's Him. And trust in Him and ask Him to help us. And He will help us to take away the sin out of our life will not be perfect, but we'll sin less. And we ought to sin less. And praise the Lord for the Lamb that taketh away the sin of the world. As we stand to our feet with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Father, we thank You for the Lamb of God. God, what a great truth that John introduced to the world and invited the world, those that were lost. And then the influence of the Lamb in our life. God, it's not just a once and done salvation, but the influence and the change that takes place. God, I pray that You would help us. That You would help us to be submissive to You. To be mindful of you. God, to live our life in a right way. God, I pray that you would help us, though we'll not be sinless, I pray that you would help us to sin less in our life. To walk with you every step of the way. God, what a great life as a Christian we can have with the Lamb of God. God, I pray that you'd bless, encourage, and strengthen each believer here, Father, and we'll thank you for that. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. As the piano begins to play. Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. It's an introduction. It's an invitation. And it's the influence that he has in our life. Praise the Lord for his influence. Thank the Lord for the Lamb of God. Thank the Lord for his salvation.